welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Well, hello, Channel Pros. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Time for the next decade. I hope you all enjoyed the holidays and are ready for another excellent year in the channel. I know that I am. I am pumped up. I actually just got back from a weekend winter ride with my cycling buddy, Larry. We had a great ride out there, nice and crisp weather, but sunny, so it felt good. And 2019 was a great year in the channel for the Channel Journeys podcast. We had over 6,500, almost 7,000 downloads from around the world. So good start to the year and looking forward to a lot more exciting episodes this year. My top episode for 2019 was episode number four with Jay McBain talking about channel automation. So that's still the most popular download, but a lot of other great topics that are getting a lot of hits. And it's fun seeing people going back and listening to those older podcasts and This year, I'm kicking off the new year with my own podcast. The last time I did this was 10 shows ago when I shared 10 channel tips from prior episodes. And we all want to have a successful year, break new records, launch new programs, recruit new partners, train the ones that we have. So I'm going to share what I think are the five most essential things you need to do this year as a vendor to have channel success in 2020. These, to me, are the must-haves. They're Like I said, a lot of other things that we've got to do, but for me, these are the absolute minimum requirements for success, and I've been working on this, thinking a lot about this as we have been developing and finalizing our channel strategy at OutSystems for 2020. This is based on a lot of conversations that I've had with my guests and and just thinking about the channel. So I want to dive into this with my top five. So my number one tip must have for the channel is... Refresh your channel strategy. Now, hopefully you have a channel strategy. Not everyone does, I've noticed, in working with companies and and chatting with folks. But you need to have a channel strategy. And if you haven't lately, you need to take a look at refreshing it. You know, with all the changes taking place in the market, you need to review and update your channel strategy at least every year, if not more frequently. So first off, do you have a documented channel strategy? If not, you need to have one. And What do I mean by a strategy? What I mean is, what's your plan of action to achieve your goals? So first, you need to determine what are your channel goals for 2020? What are you trying to accomplish as a company? And how does the channel fit into that? And more specifically, what's the channel going to do to help you meet your your corporate goals? And don't assume that every department in your company has the same goals. Of course, they don't. They have their own individual goals that they're trying to hit. So as you're refining your channel strategy, you need to talk to everyone. Talk to sales, talk to marketing, talk to your services team, your customer success teams. Make sure you're talking with your legal and finance teams as well and and find out what they individually are doing and trying to accomplish, how they're being compensated. That's another one that obviously drives behavior. And make sure that you ask those same teams, what do they want from the channel? What are they looking for the channel to deliver? And you may find areas of conflict that need to be resolved early on and and face those up front. When I was in my last company, I found that professional services wanted the cheapest labor they could find, which didn't really align to all the needs of our 
customer success team, nor to our goals in growing our best partners, who usually weren't the ones with the cheapest rates. So think about that. You got to try to get these goals aligned. And again, the compensation plans aligned as well. So strategy is all about making choices on how you're going to apply your limited resources to generate a return on your channel investments. As you're refining your channel strategy, think about where do you need to make more investments and where might you be able to cut back? And if you're going to increase investment in one area, you're going to have to cut back in another. So we got to make those tough choices and think about what's most important. For example, you, you may be able to reduce your investment in your delivery and customer success teams and put that money into partner enablement so that they are driving more delivery and customer success. That, for example, could get you a large return on a, that limited budget. Your partner incentives is another area where you might be looking at changing up your investments. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations about partner investments and, and incentives, and with the channel moving more towards non-transactional partners, the transactional partners are obviously still very important, but more and more companies and vendors are recruiting non-transactional partners and influencers. You may want to look at uh, changing up your investment mix on how you're incenting those partners. All right, so that's number one, refreshing your channel strategy. Okay, let's move on to number two. The second thing you need to do to be successful this year, you may not want to hear it, but it's time to throw away that classic metallic tiered partner program. I know we loved it. It's been a great program for us. We got so used to it and comfortable with it. It's so easy to talk about silver and gold and platinum and who doesn't want to be silver, gold and platinum, right? Well, not anymore. Partners aren't really that excited about being gold or platinum. They'll do it, but it doesn't really help them. And just like shag carpets and popcorn ceiling from the 80s are not what you're going to put into your home if you want to be attractive to potential buyers, that classic metallic tiered program is not going to be attractive to the partners that you're trying to recruit today. It's going to look just as dated as shag carpets and just as unattractive as popcorn ceilings. So it's time to throw out that stinky program that partners hate. And well, let's stop. Why do partners hate it? Just ask them and you'll hear why. They tend to favor the largest partners and put your boutique partners at a disadvantage. Even your customers aren't thrilled with it. What does being bronze, silver, gold, or platinum tell anyone about a partner? It doesn't tell you or your customers anything about their capabilities, their skill sets, their value proposition. So it's time to get more creative. You've got to think about each of your partners. What is their business model? What type of partner are they? What describes their value to you and, and more importantly to your customers? There are so many different partner types today and you need a program that allows for that. Back when Shag Carpets and tiered partner programs came out, there really were only a few types of partners. You basically had VARs, agents, and system integrators. And now you've got referral partners, influencers, partners building their own IP on products. We talk about the shadow channel. The list goes on and on and on. So what can replace that tired, old, tiered program? You need a partner program that is more bespoke, more personalized. One size or even three sizes doesn't fit all anymore. Ask your partners what they'd like to see. And there are a number of front runners on this topic. Go back and listen to episode 30, where Sandra Glazer Cheek shares the modern partner program that she rolled out at Siena. They're moving away from the tiered program to a much more personalized program based on joint business planning. You can also take a look at what Google and Oracle are doing. They both recently scrapped their tiered programs. So Google, Google partner program and Oracle's partner program, you can check that out. I'll put some links to that in the show notes as well. 
And when you're developing a program, think about the, the partner types, what type of certifications and competencies you want your partners to have, what kind of investments you can make in your partner based on the joint business plans, and what each partner is trying to accomplish with those different partner types. Okay, that's number two. So get rid of that tiered partner program, move on to something more creative, more personalized. Number three, speaking of joint business planning, number three is you've got to teach your channel managers how to do joint business planning. This is something that's still very new for most channel managers who have not had a lot of experience sitting down and doing a real business plan with their partners. I've yet to find a company that's really good at this in doing joint business planning with their partners. If you know of one or if you are one, let me know. I'd love to hear more about it and and lessons that you've learned. My very first podcast guest, episode number one, was with Gary Morris, who built his company, Successful Channels, to help solve this very problem. He's got a great solution for business planning and and a quicker way to do that. A joint business plan, it starts with setting targets, of course, but it's so much more than that. It's got to be an action plan on how each partner is going to reach those targets, those goals. What sales account mapping will you do? What co-marketing and co-marketing events and activities will you do? What training, certifications, enablement does your partner need to hit those goals? What co-selling and co-delivery work can you do? Shadowing to help train and enable your partners. And another big thing about joint business planning is it has to have shared accountability, shared responsibility. You can't have a channel manager sitting in a room one-on-one with his partner dreaming up a plan that will never get executed. It's just a plan that sits on the shelf. You have to have other stakeholders contributing to the plan and signing off on it. And that includes representatives from sales, both sides, the vendor and the partner, from marketing, professional services, and other functional areas on both sides of the fence. So they've got to play a role in that business planning. At OutSystems, we're rolling out uh, joint business planning, and we're making sure that we have sponsors from each department who are taking ownership and advocating for the partner, and that's so critical to the success of the business plan. So you want to create a simple business plan template and then train your teams on how to conduct joint planning sessions. So don't put the plan away on the shelf and to collect dust when it's completed either. Post it online where it's available to everyone in your company to take a look at. And make sure you follow up with quarterly business reviews and other regular touch points. You've got to have a good channel cadence with your partners, all tied to the success of that plan. And if you don't have anyone in your company who is really experienced in doing this, you can hire a consultant or a channel vendor to help you out. It's, it's just so important. All right, so that's number three. Teach your channel managers how to do joint business planning with your partners. Okay, time for number four. Number four must-have to be successful in the channel this year is, and this may seem really obvious, but you've got to teach your sales reps how to work with partners. Don't assume that your sales teams know this, that they know how to work with partners. You can have the greatest channel strategy, the greatest partner program in the world, but it's not going to succeed if your front line, your sales reps and your sales managers, your pre-sales engineers, if they don't know how or when to engage your partners. Your sales team has to be comfortable and has to be confident introducing a partner into their account, ideally introducing them as early in the sales cycle as possible. And when your partner is bringing you a new opportunity to the table that they sourced, 
your reps have to know and respect the partner who is bringing them into the account. They need to know the rules of engagement, what to do, what not to do with a partner. They have to know your deal registration process and what protections that gives the partner. So channel training, it's just as important as sales training. It should be part of your new hire training. It should be part of your sales kickoff. should be part of your online learning that the reps have access to. When I was in my last role, we developed an online channel sales training certification for the reps that taught them why we had a channel program, the types of channel partners and programs and rules of the road, and like not providing a quote directly to the customer when a reseller was engaged. That, of course, can get you into some very serious legal trouble. And as a channel manager, you've got to expect pushback from the sales teams. You're asking your sales reps to take a leap of faith in giving up some level of control, right? And they're going to be really nervous about that, especially nervous if you aren't training your partners on how to work with the reps, on how to add value during the sales cycle. Make sure your partners, even the non-transactional ones, are investing in sales and pre-sales training and resources to become more sales sufficient. So I think we, we often really underestimate this one. We just kind of assume, hey, if I introduce my partners to the reps, they'll just start working with them. And it takes a lot of nurturing, a lot of nurturing of that relationship between the partners and the reps and training of the reps on, on how to work effectively. And some reps have done this and, and they're your poster childs for success. So take that. The reps who have been working with your partners and are getting success, leverage that, share that, get them talking about it. That will give the, the reps who are a bit reluctant, hesitant to, to jump into this, they'll see the success that your other reps are having working with partners. And you'll often see that the most successful reps in your company are the ones who do engage partners. They've learned how to build their own team with the channel, with your partners, and leverage them very effectively and gain scale through that. Okay, so that's number four. You've got to train your sales reps, your sales teams on how to work with your, with your partners. All right, down to number five. What's the number five thing that you must do to be successful in the channel in 2020? Well, my number five was going to be talking about how to find and motivate the non-transactional partners. But one of my Channel Journeys listeners, Anna Lucia Amaral, reminded me of the ultra-importance of enabling your partners for customer success. So I'm, I'm switching. I'm going to make number five, enable your partners for customer success. Customers today, they expect an awesome experience. Customer experience is so important. And whether they're working with you as the vendor or your partners, they expect a great experience. They expect great business outcomes, not just a solution. So I'm going to make partner and customer success my number five pick. In fact, it probably should be my number one must-have. It's amazing how many vendors I talk to who are not yet considering the role of the partner in customer success. That is a huge mistake. Training your partners to deliver an excellent customer experience is even more important than training them how to sell. You've got to walk through the entire buyer and adoption journey, look for points of failure, and then adjust your processes and design a partner enablement program that's going to help them ensure customer success. We launched a partner success program about a year ago at OutSystems as a result of a customer success initiative. And we realized that partners played as big or even bigger role in the successful adoption and expansion of our low-code platform. 
So our program at OutSystems includes multiple steps to ensure partner success, from preparing and running their first project to building additional skills in more complex projects. And we're ramping this up and, and rolling it out in more and more regions. One of my top podcasts was episode 31 with Hope Galley from Cisco, where she talks about their lifecycle advisor program. They launched this to enable partners to drive customer success. It's a great episode. I highly recommend it. A lot of companies are executing, and we're one of them, are executing on the LAIR model, the land, adopt, expand, and renew model. And this is a, another area that shows the importance of partnerships and the role that partners play. In fact, this is a, a podcast that I have coming up, an episode on this. And I heard a podcast not too long ago, one of the Saster podcasts, and they were talking with the, an executive from Ignite, and he was talking about their land, expand, and explode model. And partners can play a huge role in that explosion, that expansion and explosion, if you train them, if you teach them on how to deliver great projects and deliver customer success and how you can mentor them to get there and keep increasing their level of expertise. Okay, so that's number five, enable your partners for customer success. And that wraps it up. That's it. Those are my five absolute must-haves for channel success in 2020. Number one, refresh your channel strategy. Number two, throw away that old metallic tiered program. Number three, teach your RCMs, your channel managers, how to do joint business planning. Number four, teach your sales reps how to work with partners. And number five, enable your partners for customer success. Okay, so that's my list, my top five. What are your must-haves? I'd really like to hear. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you via email or on LinkedIn or Twitter. What are the top three, top five things that you're doing that are ultra important for your channel business this year? Let me know. I'd love to hear. All right. Well, that's a wrap on today's podcast, a quick one to kick off the new year. I hope you're enjoying channel journeys. If you are, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Be sure to go to Channel Journeys at channeljourneys.com and subscribe to the podcast. There you'll find show notes from this and all my episodes. And next week, Jay McBain is back. We'll be looking into his crystal ball for more 2020 channel predictions, no doubt founded on lots of in-depth research, analytics, and number crunching. Jay is awesome at that. So a very happy new year to all of you, wishing you all a great channel journey in 2020. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, Please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.